Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes are traveling on a quest to save their friend King Mudbutt. They're already on the road to his kingdom of Winchester, but what dangers lie ahead? Will King Mudbutt and Richard be found alive? Will Quinny's tattoo cause a permanent rift within the group? Will they actually fight something this episode? Find out next on this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons. Hey, you know, Quinny. Mm. I saw your tats, they were pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but there, there was one yeah, on whatever. one on your back. I sort of wanted to ask about. It's a, which one? It's symbol that matches. You know, it's the symbol of my mom. Can you describe it for me? I've got a lot going on back there, and I don't lift your shirt. All right, so I hike my shirt up over my shoulders, and I lean forward, and I just poke at the one that that was like those dragon guys were similar to it. It's the yeah. one that's my. I'm like that one. Okay, and I feel the poke, and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was from my present days. Yeah. Look, when you're a halfling and you go to jail, you you need to basically make sure that you're protected. So I joined up with some gangs, got the prison tattoos and stuff like that. I also had to basically get real good at killing things to make sure that I was not eaten alive. So what was this gang? I didn't know she had a prison gang. I don't know. They were just some arrested soldiers. They they were they had lost some kind of battle, I think, and they were sent to jail or whatever. They started having a pretty good run of the place, actually. So I got in with them to make sure I just wasn't, like, killed in my sleep. I had to get that tattoo. Were, uh, I don't know if you'd be able to know this, but were they, like, Greywater Syndicate guys, or were they, like, Temple temple Army? They didn't seem all that religious to me. Oh, they were, like, crap. just, like, gruff, mean, angry dudes. And, you know, I can get into small spaces. I can lift a lot of things off of guards and stuff like that. So I made myself useful to them. I think this tattoo means I still owe them a favor. I mean, honestly, the whole, like owing of favors in prison thing is I don't want to have to ever go back to prison and find out who I owe what. So, yeah. All right, we we aren't going to prison. I mean, that's the I, plan. Deal, I'm Alan? In, I'm in line with that goal. <laughs> Goblin Jr.? Snarf, snarf. Okay, we all agree, no jail. Yeah, so I the fact that there's a favor owed there makes me uncomfortable, but I do know Quinny, and that story makes perfect sense. So I'm like, I trust him absolutely. Cool. We'll keep walking. You uh, you break for uh, camp. Um, you set up camp as you normally do. You set up your guys, guard rotations. Guys, I'm going to set up camp this time. All right. Because okay? I just learned this new spell, and I'm really excited about it. Hit it. So it uh, takes me about a minute. Okay. And uh, just gather around. Gather in. Get All nice right. and close and Fine. get Goblin pull, Jr. Pull in the here. mule in. <laughs> mule gets in the tent, too. <laughs> a tent. Oh, sorry. The tent. Sorry. Mule comes closer to us, too. A 10-foot radius dome springs up around us. Cool. We can see through it. It's called Leoman's Tiny Hut. Oh, oh. I love the tiny hut. Yeah. And it, it lasts for eight hours. And uh, no creatures or objects can pass through it. Uh, magic can't pass through it or, or be cast into it. Oh, neat. Um, and it basically gives us a comfortable, dry environment that we can make dim or dark. Oh, cool. This gives us a nice place to hang out. And it's opaque from the outside. So oh, no one no. can see into it either. Okay, cool. 
You're not so, going to have any uh, rampaging yeah. uh, druid spiders busting through yeah, on exactly. you in the middle of the night? Yeah. I Great. Thought, you know, Neat. we're in unknown territory. Thanks, Alan. No problem. I'm really, really excited about this. <laughs> I just thought it was so cute. <laughs> That's awesome. What's it called? Leoman's Tiny Hut. So that night I take the table Shout and I set Leo it up Mund. right next to the mule. And I lay down on the table where I set up my bedroll. And Goblin Jr. lays with like his arms over my shoulder. So I'm laying sideways and Goblin Jr. is cuddling me. And then I reach out and I cuddle the mule because I'm high enough from the table that I can. And all three of us fall asleep like that because mules can sleep standing up like horses. I find a nice soft patch of grass. <laughs> can I need you to roll down. for that, uh, Ryan? Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> with it. What am I rolling? Uh, I'd say charisma. Not animal handling? <laughs> That's a total of 22. Great. You know what? That mule has always wanted love and has oh finally found acceptance. And it goes, which you think probably means Moonhammer be praised. I'm so pumped about this, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> you are very proud of your new convert, Mule Hammer. <laughs> Yay! Mule Hammer. That's mule right. Hammer and Moonbringer. A lot of M names. <laughs> So, uh, Quinny, you can absolutely find some uh, some soft grass to hang on. Yeah, you actually uh, you find a, a sort of a sense of calm. Um, you always feel very exposed on the road. It's mm. really nice to be in this dome. It's yeah, really yeah, that, that it's, would be nice, Alan. In all your sort of years of wanting to go adventuring, uh, you kind of look at this dome you've made, and your friends sleeping soundly, hugging mules, or you know, sleeping uh, from the looks of things much much more soundly than they normally would. Uh, do you think you've done something pretty good? Feel feel pretty all right about this. Uh, I'm going to give you one point of inspiration. <gasps> Thanks. Well done. I'm like, I have a ridiculous grin on right now. I'm so happy. <laughs> like, Laura and Alan yeah. are both really happy about yeah, this. It's, it's, it's character player uh, <laughs> syncing up. So the night uh, passes uh, without incident, uh, with the appropriate amount of flatulence from Butthole. The, uh, the morning breaks. It's a beautiful day. And uh, you continue heading south. Uh, so finally, after your six days of travel, uh, you're getting a bit anxious, uh, of course, uh, out of concern for uh, your good pal King Mudbutt. And you start to see some landmarks that Sister Grail had told you to keep your eyes out for. Mm-hmm. Directly ahead of you, you see a large two-story tavern. It's got a sort of a, a large sort of mud and thatch roof, a row of four round windows, um, just sort of those like classic small cottage, medieval cottagey round windows with like the, the cross a couple of sort of big windows down on the main floor, uh, a door. You can see there's like a stable around the side where you could hitch up animals. The most sort of visually arresting thing about the space, though, you notice is that uh, it looks uh, – the entire building looks as though it's uh, it's singed, as if uh, mm. there, was, uh, there was some fire. But um, the sense. damage doesn't look too bad. It just looks sort of like a gentle – it's got a gentle sear on it, as it were. Okay. Above the door, there's a, a sign that's kind of uh, flapping in the wind that says, Uncle Jim Jim's Rum Shack. Guys, I like this place. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned on our adventures, and I think we can all agree, only good things happen in taverns. So I uh, I just walk up and tie up the mule where they got like a mule post or whatever would be equivalent. Yep. I pick up the table because we might want to have a meeting in there. <laughs> You don't uh, think they'll have tables at the tavern? <laughs> you never know. It's a BYOT kind of joint. <laughs> oh, okay. And we just, uh, I, I, I open the door gently with a foot, respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. And walk in with in. a table. So you uh, you enter the tavern. Taverns never look great in the daytime. Uh, they always look a little bit better uh, by the light of a fire. So and when you're drunk. You know, it certainly looks like the kind of place that'd be a, a lot of fun in the evening time. But during the day, there's there's sort of an air of sadness to the space. Inside, it's a uh, sort of a large rectangular room. To your right, as you come through the door, is a flight of stairs. It looks like it probably leads up to the second level, where the rooms and such are. There are a bunch of round tables uh, with, with chairs kind of flipped up on them. 
It looks like sort of midway through being set up for the day. And finally, a long bar behind which is a uh, portly dwarf uh, who's uh, sitting there just kind of wiping the bar down with a rag. He kind of looks up as you come in with, with sort of like surprise, not not unpleasantly so, just uh, surprise and almost confusion. Hmm. And he says, oh, oh, uh, I wasn't inspecting anyone. Uh, we haven't had guests here in quite some time, but... Uh, but you're more than welcome uh, here. I'll, I'll get some chairs down for you. And he goes and starts. And I look at him and go, oh, you've got your own tables. <laughs> and then I go put mine back out on the mule. Okay. He was, he was literally just like putting chairs in a circle around where you could put your table. Oh, very good. Uh, well, whatever, whatever you'd like. No, no, no. I don't want to insult you. You got some great looking tables. Uh, and I go put them on the mule. Great. So he, um, he, he gets you guys seated and he says, uh, so, uh. You'll have to forgive the uh, the look of the place. Uh, we we haven't uh, we haven't had anyone here in, in quite some time. My name is Uncle Jim Jim. This is my uh, my rum shack, uh, as you, you probably saw on the sign outside. Can I can I bring you uh, food, drink? Yeah. Do you sell whiskey? Uh, actually, that, yes. was, that was a joke. I want uh, your rum. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> it's good. You'd normally have to go visit our sister location, <laughs> Aunt June June's. Whiskey Shack, uh, which is up in the north, but uh, yeah. We, oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Uncle Tom Tom's Tequila Hut. So. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Very, I'm very, a fan. Quite a prolific family. He goes and um, he gets you like, a cup of rum. Uh, did you guys want anything? Just the gossip would be gossip, good. Gossip, sure. What's, so, what's uh, going on? He brings some rum for uh, Butthole. You notice that uh, on each of the tables, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a standard array of pub things. He's got mm-hmm. like a little candle. But uh, you also notice he has a uh, bottle of uh, Worcester Sire, nah, Worcester Sire sauce uh, <laughs> that appears to have his face drawn on it. Uh, he says, "Okay, well, uh, clearly the uh, the biggest news, of course, is uh, the the coronation of King Mudbutt." And uh, sort of a, a shadow crosses his face, and he says, "Mudbutt is is one of my my favorite customers and." Uh, a dear friend. He, he, his patronage over the years has meant more to me and the health and well-being of this uh, this bar than you can imagine. Uh, and he's to be crowned king, which I don't know that he ever really wanted, but such is the way of life. Hmm. But uh, we haven't seen any any strangers passing through this way in quite some time. I mean, you see he, he almost like coughs and chokes a little bit and uh, see his, his eye twitches a little bit and he says, well, anyway, yes, the coronation of, uh, the coronation of King Mudbutt. Hey, man, let's go back to that cough and twitch. Uh, <laughs> so... Nobody passed through. Normally, I do like coughs and twitches when I'm like full of crap. So, uh, <laughs> what's going? You did nobody come through. You want to roll me a, uh, a persuasion, maybe? Yeah, persuasion makes sense. Ooh. And that is a natural one. Natural one. I'm uh, like, listen up, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> and, <laughs> Tell uh, me the truth. And he says, uh, "Well, uh, of course, I, uh, you'll, you'll you'll forgive me. I, I misspoke. Of course, many many people came through. Many people um, they they didn't stop here, but uh, you know, the uh, coronation's a wonderful thing, and Mudbutt will make an excellent king." Well, guys, considering how persuasive I always am, this must be completely true. Yeah. Does anybody I else have, want to ask for more information? I have no follow up questions. <laughs> Where's the coronation? The coronation will be happening at uh, the newly rebuilt Winchester Cathedral. As you know, there was a, a terrible fire that uh, that tore through Winchester uh, quite some time ago. But uh, happily now the entire town has been rebuilt and back up to its former glory. All right, you know what? I may have opened a little harsh. So let, let me explain who the hell we are. Like, we know your name. I'm Butthole, cleric of Moonhammer. This is Alan. Hello. Genius wizard. And uh, Quinny. Hey. He's cool. Uh, this is Goblin Jr. Uh, and the, oh, Goblin Jr. I'm so sorry. I take his bone bowl and I pour a little rum in it and I put it on the floor for him so he can enjoy himself. 
I'm like, we actually are here for the coronation ourselves. We ventured forth with Mudbutt. Almost went to see a banshee, didn't. Love Richard. Richard's <gasps> amazing. You know Mudbutt and Richard? Oh, yeah. We, we spent an entire night with them taking out a whole band of brigands out in Fandelver. He puts his hand on your uh, arm and he says, you must help Mudbutt. Tell him that if anything goes wrong, he must come here. I have something that can help him. And then his nose starts to bleed a little bit, and he breaks off and kind of like scurries back behind the bar. Oh, shit. See, I thought maybe we would come into the town. I mean, can I didn't say any I do, of this. Can but... I do an arcana check? Uh, so 16 total. You know how sometimes in like a, in like a thunderstorm, like your skin just kind of gets the sense of the electricity in the air and just kind of like the, a change? That's kind of what's happening for you right now. You can sense that there is magic around, but it's... It's vague. It's just washing over you. There's just a general sense of, of mystical mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, nothing you can put your finger on. Okay. So there's there's some magical force at work here, not your your average. You think you uh, could just dispel uh, magic at him? Yeah. Or if it's on him. Try. I mean, if it's on the give room, it a then try. I don't, yeah, I don't but. know if it's a specific spell, but it's a, it's I, can, I can you. give it a try. Are there any risks to dispelling magic that you don't really know about? Not that I know of. As you're chatting, Uncle Jim Jim is he's sort of loading uh, big barrels onto a, a cart. Behind the bar, there's like a door that leads kind of back to a cold cellar, and you can see he's kind of like coming up and down, moving stuff. And as he comes over to check, he notices your drink's empty. His demeanor seems to have changed. He seems a little happier, a little more of a spring and stuff. And he says, you know, it's, it's good you guys came and you did. I'm, I'm setting most of my ale to, uh, to Mudbutt's coronation itself. You know the man can drink. <laughs> uh, would you like another rum before I pack up the rest of it? Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't, don't want to go too no far right now. Yeah. No, okay, I'm, so he uh, so he kind of nods to you and he goes back to, to loading up the barrels. Alan, should we? So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to cast dispel magic. While she oh, casts just, dispel magic, just for for the sake of sanity, I'm going to pray and send a little guidance her way. So um, basically, roll me dice. I've set a DC for this. So okay, D twenty. Yep, D twenty uh, plus your D four because you've got guidance oh, cool. from bottle. 14 total. This is a bit harder for you than it normally would be, um, but you've got a bit of guidance, which is helpful. But because you aren't trying to spell a specific thing, you're almost just kind of like reaching out Mm -hmm. and kind of opening yourself up to the magical realm around you to see kind of what's up. And it's a little bit like touching a live wire. You suddenly, uh, your eyes fill with kind of blinding light. You take four points of damage. Shit. So, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) We're up against something pretty powerful, guys. All right. So, Quinny... I know I keep borrowing your rope. I don't have rope. Can I borrow your rope for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Here you go. All right, so I take his rope, and uh, Jim Jim's loading cramp in the back. Yep. I'm just going up, and I got my Moonbringer out, and I got Goblin Jr., and we, like, sneak forward, and then I give Goblin Jr. a little... And Goblin Jr. goes and jump, like spins around in front of Jim Jim and jumps on him, and then I'm just going to brain him with the pommel of the Warhammer. I just want to knock him out. Roll me a stealth check at disadvantage because you're in huge armor. Should have just gone up talking. That would have been smart. <laughs> I could have done this. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm decisive. Ten? So he kind of turns around. I'll brain him in the face if he sees yeah, me. Yeah, well, <laughs> he does. He sees you kind of coming up with the Warhammer raised. And uh, he reaches, he tries to reach under the bar for something, and you brain him. Uh, and he falls unconscious to the ground. Great. I'm going to be extra careful. I got one set of manacles that I'm going to manacle him with, and then I'm going to tie him up on top sure of that. Sure you don't want to toss those manacles? No, I've made my choice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Alan Quinney. Go check out the shipment. If he's been spelled, there might be some shit in the ale. What do we know Mudbutt's going to do? Drink everything and it's getting sent. Yeah, I'm also going to hop over the bar and see what's behind the bar. Behind the bar, you find like a club. Hmm. Mounted against the wall is a blunderbuss. Oh, um, wow. It looks uh, looks fairly old. You're not sure whether it's uh, an actual weapon or just decorative, but it's there. Otherwise, uh, it's just the standard stuff you'd find behind a bar. 
Can I examine that blunderbuss a little closer to determine if it's functional or if it's just a decoration? Uh, Yeah, roll me a perception check, please. 25 total. You can tell the blunderbuss has been doctored a little bit, uh, perhaps to look a little more fake Hmm. than it actually is. It looks like it's been packed for one shot. I'm taking the blunderbuss. Knowing that this guy's tied up now and he said there was a secret weapon that would help, I'm going to start searching the place with Goblin Jr. where we're just going to sniff around for like anything hidden or powerful okay. or any of that kind of crap. So there's a, uh, there's a trap door behind the bar that leads down to the uh, the sort of ale storage ramp. Um, you get the sense that ale's delivered outside on a cart mm. uh, and then they roll it down the ramp and then he kind of like drags it up into the... Uh, in the back, there is a sort of kitchen prep room from the main bar area uh, against the north wall. There is a uh, door that leads to a set of bathrooms. You don't find anything really of no, but you do notice that they look like they haven't been used in a while. Like you go up the stairs, upstairs, uh, long hallway with a window at the end, lined with four rooms on each side. Each room has you know a, a simple but fairly comfortable looking bed, a set of drawers, uh, and a window. Uh, one of the doors, however, is uh, locked and bolted with a um, key unlike anything you've ever seen. The southwestmost room uh, looks to be Uncle Jim Jim's room. It's up- upstairs? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, it's slightly larger. The bed looks a little bit. The, I'll search all the bedrooms and Uncle Jim Jim's room especially and see if I can find anything. So what what do we find, Tom? How do we do this? Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. You're. I'm going to go upstairs and search all the bedrooms. Alan's doing the barrels. Yeah, and Quinny's going to work on that door. Yeah, yep. He's going to work on the central floor and see if yep. he can find anything there. Great, Quinny. You you case the place pretty quickly. You're kind of impressed by the organizational talent of it. It seems like uh, Uncle Jim Jim really knows uh, knows how to run a tight ship. You don't find anything uh, untoward or out of the ordinary. You find a bunch of bottles of this uh, Worcestershire mm-hmm. sauce. It seems like uh, this seems to be a specialty of Uncle Jim Jim's. All right. Uh, it seems to be a secret family recipe. Um, as you kind of look in the back area, you see he's got like a big vat where he's just constantly making the stuff and labeling it. Okay. Uh, most of the bottles are dusty. Okay. It looks like uh, he hasn't sold any in a while. Can I check like the the barrels and and uh, see if there's any like poison? Only an investigation check, please. Okay. So the way we're going to think of that uh, in these terms isn't, you know, you pull out like your Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass and wander around, uh, but more so that as someone who does deal in herbs and potions and that sort of thing, you're just going to run some of the ale through some of the tests that you know will... Reveal okay. poison. Natural 20. Amazing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so um, for some reason, I just feel really happy upstairs and go, wee. <laughs> <laughs> I love those days. <laughs> Let us all have more of those. You're very quickly able to determine that none of these barrels are poisoned. Okay. Um, okay. The ale appears to be a uh, very fine quality. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you do find tucked into the lid of one of them as you're doing your investigations, um, a small crumpled note. It looks to be uh, written by Uncle Jim Jim. You notice that he has extraordinarily good handwriting. Enough to make me suspicious. <laughs> but it says, uh, Mudbutt, if things go badly, come find me. I will help you. I have what you need. Uncle Jim Jim. Do I find anything in any of the rooms? So in Uncle Jim Jim's room, he seems to lead a, a fairly uh, Spartan life. He doesn't seem to have too much. There's like a thick book of the uh, exploits of some great dwarven heroes, sort of like a pulpy Tom Clancy-esque novel that uh, seems to be very well read. I read like a chapter, but like from the middle. The dwarven hero Rockthorn Hammerhall is... Uh, uh, it's it's actually a pretty good chapter, e- even out yep. of uh, even out of context. Um, but he's meeting with uh, a gnome ambassador who apparently has uh, secrets that will uh, help Hammerhall end the long-standing war between uh, the orc tribe that uh, destroyed his village and killed his family. Nice. I, I flip back to the beginning because I want to see oh where it God. started. It was a dark day, 
But every day was dark. All right, I skipped like five Hammerhall. more pages ahead. And I'm like speed reading. Like, I just want the Gold's notes. Um, so uh, <laughs> as, as you flip through, uh, roll, roll me a d20. Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 18. Great. All right. It's, it's a better, it's a better read than you're expecting. Uh, so, uh, as you flip through it, uh, it seems that it's mostly a tale of, of intrigue not, and adventure. Not how well he reads, just the quality of quality the book. Quality of the book. Yep. You, uh, managed to speed read your way past where Uncle Jim Jim is and you realize there's some really good shit coming up. Honestly, you think Uncle Jim Jim's going to be as surprised as you were that Hammerhall's wife is actually a fiend. Oh my God. I dropped the book and I'm like, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. And then I think I go outside. Having, um, or is there something else I found? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. It's just a book in a bed. Okay. So I'm going to walk back to like the, the end of the hall and just yell, guys, I got something. Well, I don't seem to have anything here. So I'm going to go up. Me too. And I go upstairs. So what did, what did you, what did you get? Um, I, f- I found a note in the, in one of the barrels don't seem to be poisonous, um, or anything like that, but I did find a note apparently from uncle Jim, Jim to Mudbutt saying exactly what Jim, Jim told us. Oh, he has, is he, he, if, uh, if Mudbutt's Mud in trouble. uncle, apparently he's Mudbutt's grandpa, just telling the same story over and over again. Oh my God. Just repeating himself. If we get to interrogate this guy, it's going to be insufferable. Oh, yeah, I found a door. <laughs> it's well, locked. It's weird looking. It, I've never seen the lock before. It's like out of this world. Quinny, you want to take a look at this? Yeah, let me have a look at that. Alan, do you also want to take a look at this? Because I don't yeah, want Quinny yeah, to get yeah, yeah. shocked or whatever. Well, I'll, I'll do an arcana check on sure. it before you uh, get too close, Quinny. 16 total. So you don't sense any magical energy coming off the lock in particular, but you do find it's actually harder to sense the magic off it because of this kind of like constant buzzing presence. Yep, You feel like it it might make uh, spell stuff a little bit more difficult for you. I want to check the door for traps before I start to tinker. So uh, yeah, give me a perception check, please. Perception. Plus six, four, total of 11. Great. You don't find any traps. Uh, It just looks to be an extraordinarily well-secured door. However, you do get the sense that this lock, it seems to be one piece of a larger, more complex machine. So think like in terms of like a bank vault where it's like, okay, it's not just like, oh, it's just a thing that's hard to unlock, but it's just a chunk of metal that if you kicked it open, it would just fall off. It's like the whole door seems to be part of this mechanism. This would be like a time-consuming... It'd be time-consuming. Also, it's, it's like extraordinarily uh, good dwarven engineering. Mm. Um, oh, I, I dwarven have, engineering. I have like an idiot savant moment while he's looking, so I go downstairs to search Uncle Jim Jim to see if he's got a key. He does not seem to have a key on. All right, I just go back into the room, and I pretend that I was like going out to pee or something. Like, <laughs> I, that is totally, I didn't have an idea. To look, to look at the mechanisms of the door, can I tell that this is secure, like all the way around the room, or is it just a secure door? The door looks very secure. That's all the, you can really tell The door looks very secure. Yeah. I'm going to walk down the hall and into a room on the opposite side of the hall. And I want to go to the, the wall that leads into the next room. Take out Hugh. And I'm going to try to obliterate some wood. I'm going to take out <laughs> Hugh and I'm just going to see if I can chop through this wall. I'm not um, explaining what I'm doing. I'm in the yeah. back. And oh, I'm like, I'm already like, no, you know, you and know I'm like what I want you to do. coughing and farting to see sure. what, what goes uh, on. So you start uh, whacking with the wall. Um, the walls seem very sturdy. It looks like this will probably take you quite some time. Oh, wow. Even with you. Probably a couple hours to But it's so good this. at wood. I hate this. Like the walls might be stone. I walk out. I walk <laughs> back out into the hallway and, and I just, because I did this in the distance, I just like cough and fart. And I'm like, sorry, I had to poop in there and pretend that I didn't have an idea. And I'm just waiting on Quinny. Guys, this door is Fucked up. This is more of that dwarven shit I hate having to crack into. There's more to this than just a keyhole. Like, there's there's more than one lock for me to pick here. There's multiple mechanisms that I have to unlock without tripping anything. Um, there okay. might be some kind of automatic, like, fail-safe, like, auto-lock thing that we don't want to trigger. Okay. I don't know for sure, but I don't want to... I got another do, idea. Do you want to go outside? That was what I was and thinking. And throw a rope up and see if we can see inside the window? 
Or we could even climb out the window. Like, I'll, Alan, you got some rope. If we yeah. tie Alan's rope around your waist and then we lower you out the next room, do you want to go over to the window and see what you can see? Sure. And then I'll, right. we'll, we'll hold on to the rope so yeah, you're yeah. not going down if you fall. Yeah, that looks, sounds good. We're going to do like an outside heist caper. Excellent. Outside heist caper it is. Like it, like in Bourne, where he's got to go from place to place because the cops are there. Only mm-hmm. we have no time limit because there's no police and we tied up a man downstairs. Also, all the people listening to this uh, don't have to put up with the shaky camera like a Bourne. <laughs> No, no, we're very steady. Oh it's, my it's, god, it's Jason Bourne. But it's like it's shot by David Fincher. Like it's all <laughs> just really smooth pans. So uh, can you roll me an acrobatics check, please? Oh, happy that to. Room? That's a total of 18. So you're uh, you're able to rappel down. Um, the roof is very slippery mm. because of the fact sort of mud thatching. Right. Um, ultimately, you know, by virtue of being quinine, you're able to, mm. uh, to do it without much difficulty. When you scale down, you notice that um, all the other windows, uh, you can see directly into the rooms, but this particular window on the other side, it's just like, it's basically a stone slab up against the window. Window's no good, guys. Let's wake this guy up and start talking to him. Uh, and then I look at him and I'm just like, honestly, we just spent so much time finding out it's a box. Like, this is just disappointing. <laughs> like, I just wanted to get in, get out. Yeah. I, I, let's, I, let's, I don't talk, know what, let's talk. I listen, don't know what to tell you. I man. refuse for this all to have been a waste. So <laughs> let's talk to him. And I, I go down and I, I take some rum and I'd like dump it on his head. And I'm like, wake up, Jim. Uh, 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 I'm awake. What? Whoa, whoa. Jim, people are going to kill Mudbutt. It's going to happen. We need to bring him the no, thing you know no. will save him. King Mudbutt is going to be a great king. And his eye twitches a little bit. No one would hurt Mudbutt. That's madness. Well, then, and I just hold my hand out to Alan, and I take the note, and I say, what about this note, Jim? Okay, his nose starts bleeding. I feel like we're hurting him. What about this note, Jim? <laughs> Some blood vessels in his eye burst. But hold, you're gonna put kill the note him, away. <laughs> I put the note away. <laughs> he says through uh, clenched teeth as all of this is happening, Tell Mudbutt I've got what he needs. It's heavy. You can't let them know we have it. And then he, like, screams in agony. Guys, he's such a grandpa. Like, it's just the same story. Butthole, it's probably because the story's fucking important. And maybe super simple. We need to go get (laughs) Mudbutt. Ah, another would-be hero, is it? Yes, it is I, Fiddlesworth the butler from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I can see from your general look that you want to bring more stories into the world and help the Dum Dums on their various quests. Well, I advise against joining the Patreon, then, for if you do, you will be assisting the Dum Dums in all of their endeavors, all of their various shows and stories and jokes and doing good deeds, and you know I simply cannot abide those. Of course, if you did feel like wasting your time, you could go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You could join for as little as a dollar, which would gain you access to a Discord where you can talk to other would-be heroes. You can even create characters who will run around in our world at the higher levels, but of course you don't want to do that, now do you? No, you're just content to listen to a butler tell you how it is. Well, I'll see you on your way. Hail Blighthammer. To the Worcester Shire sauce. You'll know when you see it. And then he coughs up a bunch of blood. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, no more. Mess. Just don't talk anymore, Jim Jim. You're doing great. 
He did uh, good. And he sighs and he's like, oh, King Mudbutt's going to be a great king. He certainly is. And then I'm like, go check out the Worcestershire sauce. I'm going to go put Jim Jim in bed and yeah. then we can go where we're going. Give me uh, back my rope. Lock oh, him in a room. He, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as you go, to, he sort of like rasps, not here. And he kind of like looks at Quinny. We can't look at the sauce here for some reason. I mean, you can't. Well, okay. Do you know what? Let's just take Jim Jim. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, I'm going to go manacle him to his bed so he's comfortable, and but he I can't just leave. Say, Ooh, sauce. This could be delicious later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go check out this vat of Worcester, Wor- Worcestershire sauce. Great. It looks fresh. It looks like even though he doesn't seem like he's sold any lately, mm. that he continues to make it. Do you want to taste it? Yeah, I'll dip a finger in. It is goddamn delicious. As a halfling, you have a particularly refined palate, and this dwarf has really fucking figured it out. That's some goddamn fine whatever it is sauce. Worcestershire sauce. Let's just call it W sauce. No, well, Worcestershire sauce. We have. Uh, I, I assure you, we have to say Worcestershire. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited about this Jim Jim juice. <laughs> this is one of the three names that was submitted, <laughs> so we have to use it. <laughs> uh, so I, I pocket a bottle. Great. So we've got the Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, I'm just I'm committing. Uh, and, Join us. And then uh, I'm like, maybe we got an idea here. And I, I, I don't tell anyone because I'm not banging a thousand on these ones. So I, I, I take I take a little like cup of it. And I go up to Jim Jim in his room. And I'm like, and I'm like coughing to cover up the sound of what I'm doing. And I like feed him a little bit of it. Um, he, he looks grateful to, uh, to have it. but um... And then I'm like. Are you, are you normal now? Oh, I'm fine. Everything's great here in Winchester. Oh, and I just dropped the cup on the ground. I walked downstairs. <laughs> I'm like, had to poop again. Didn't have any ideas. <laughs> he grumbles as you go, that's perfectly good sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got sauce, but I'm like, guys, how do we get Mudbutt the hell out of his coronation in here? Well, I mean, let's head to the coronation. We can do uh, a swap if he's got, like, if we can just find a body double. <laughs> we could just literally kidnap him. Ooh, I think that might be a good one. Okay, what if we empty out one of these barrels of ale and we all put on, like, Uncle Jim Jim's Rum Shack t-shirts? And if they say, like, how do we know you're really with Uncle Jim Jim? I'm like, have you ever had Worcestershire sauce that's so fresh? What about this? And we give out free samples as bribes. And then uh, we have one empty ale cask and we just jam mud butt in that one. And we carry him out. Yeah, if we're delivering ale to the coronation, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll just say, like, this one was defective. we got to get out of here. Only the best for the king. And then inside, it'll just be mudbutt tied up. And then we'll get him out. Maybe we could talk him into hiding, but, like, worst case scenario, rope him up. Yeah. All right. That sounds that sounds good. I still feel like we're missing something about the sauce. Oh, we are. <laughs> well, I've, I've got a bottle with me, so if it comes okay. to us, we can still test I'm going to go and fill up a couple of other bottles. I'm going to dangle them off of Goblin Jr. so he looks like a little salesperson, like where there would normally be hammers. Like, I, I take do, the hammers. Can I just do, like, a perception check on the bottles or something? Sure. And just uh, 24 total. Uh, it seems like a fairly reasonable amount of Worcestershire sauce to get in a single bottle. Uh, you feel like Uncle Jim Jim runs a pretty fine enterprise. He wrote some nutritional information on the back, but really people don't understand nutrition too much in the Forgotten Realms. So it's just kind of like, it's good and probably better for you than other things. Honestly, at this point, we're going to be able to call this like, our team fails to get through an escape room. <laughs> like, <laughs> I go back into the kitchen and I'm like, okay, listen. Nobody look at me. Uh, and then I just pour all the rest of the sauce Nobody into bottles, and me. I look inside the pot to see if there's, like, a map in the bottom. Uh, nope, there doesn't seem to be. And I put that down, and I'm like, oh, I had to poop in there, too. Such a pooping day. Didn't have an idea. What did you eat? Uh, we all ate the same stuff on the road, didn't we? Yeah, well, we? I, I didn't look away. He's just doing things and saying he's pooping. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> just just pooping. I'm fine. <laughs> 
and then I, I just want to check around the room to see if there are like collectible, like Uncle Jim Jim's Rum Shack T-shirts or something, so that we could wear those to look like employees. Um, they don't. He doesn't have any branding on on anything, but there are like aprons and things. Yeah, so I'll take I'll just, take an apron because I'm relatively dwarf sized. All right, and I'll take it. We'll put another apron on Alan. I'm going to stay in plate mail. You look like you're wearing a bib with a dwarf <laughs> apron on. I'm going to take a like one of the T-shirts and chop it up and attach it to another one. Wear it as a cape. And then all I do is I, I take, like, another piece of cloth and a quill, and I write really shittily on it, security. And I just, like, tape it to my chest. I, like, somehow attach it to my chest. So now I'm, like, I'm, I'm the, the booze security guy. <laughs> so no, no one will ask any questions when we get there. No one will ask questions to what appears to be a child writing the word security <laughs> on like a ripped up Con, shirt. Uh, in uh, Clone Hive. Like, so I guess you're 21, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm right. not 21. <laughs> you're really going to put my charm person to the test on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many times do you cast that? It's going to be on every I single know, person right? who's there. I'm like, he, he, I think we got this. I'm just, I'm going to be security <laughs> and like you guys confidence. be delivery. Uh, let's go to the Worcestershire Castle church thing and we'll, and we'll be good. You uh, load up some stuff on a cart and uh, you start making your way into town. You've got your wagon. Um, you've got your uh, disguises of various uh, quality. Quality. Mine's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell, tell me about uh, your approach before I, I get into explaining the, uh, the town. We've got this wagon. Do we want to hitch the donkey up to it to um, bring it in? I, why don't we leave the mule at the inn? Just because okay. I'm like, it, we don't want to arouse any suspicion. So I'm like, I'll I'll be sitting looking glowery yeah. and grumpy. We've got Goblin Jr. there as well. They'll be sitting probably like with me. And we'll be sitting back just sort of like on a barrel, just like staring at anybody. No, he's stealing our ale. My whole thing is I'm looking for any suspicious activity, specifically, I think, in the citizens. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of keeping an eye out on any fluctuations in that weird tingly magic sure. I've been sensing. Cool, yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll be watching the crowd as well. Not not for, like, citizens being weird, but I want to watch anybody who stands out. Really rich, really poor. Awesome. Okay. Wizard looking. <laughs> so pointy hats. You're yeah. watching for pointy hats. Go- um, Goblin Jr.'s smelling for yeah. pointy hats. <laughs> point, point, pointy people. Do they have a horse pulling this cart? What's this cart like? Let's say there's, there's just kind of like a, a workhorse pulling the, uh, cool. pulling the cart through okay. the veil. Okay, so I, was I, like, I was like, mud butt, are you, are you pulling the cart? Uh, well, I was like, one of, it was either that or the horse. But yeah. Okay, so I, I guess typical us fashion, I'll be driving horses because I do the driving. This is more of a, a lead the horse from the side kind of oh, cool. jam. I'll just lead the horse from the side. Great. Uncle Jim Jim was indeed telling the truth. The town has mysteriously been rebuilt, uh, although maybe it's not mysterious because it's been a while. As you walk, there don't seem to be a lot of people out and about. The people you do see tend to be kind of like, you know, you pass between two buildings and you can kind of see some people that kind of look furtively at you, smile very reassuringly, and then kind of disappear by the time you look back. All of you get a general sense that the city seems oddly empty. Okay, uh, I want to call out to, to someone that I might make eye contact with before they, they scurry off. And I'm just going to lean over and whisper behind Quinny where I'm like, remember... We're just delivering ale. I know. Good. Remember the cover. I'm security. Shut up. <laughs> um, so you call out to uh, a couple of the people you see down an alley. They both kind of stop and stare at you. They don't move towards you. They just kind of stay. I say, hey, where is everyone? Oh, uh, everyone's uh, making preparations for the, the, the coronation of King Mudbutt. Oh, of course. He's going to be a great king. He's going to be a great king. Hey, uh, we're actually tasked with bringing some of uh, Uncle Jim Jim's famous rum mm. to the coronation. I'm kind of new here, and the security guy, who this is him, security, as you can probably see. I didn't have to tell you that. It's clear that he's security. And I go, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm new and I'm a little turned around. This is just a job for me, so I'm, I, I'm just trying to find where the coronation is. Can you help me? 
Oh, yes. It's going to be a great coronation. I think it's going to be it's great, too. Be great. He's going to be a great king. He's going to be a great king. The uh, <laughs> the townsperson gives you uh, directions to Winchester Cathedral, which is, you can kind of see, like, over the, you know, the, the buildings are all kind of low, kind of standard, flat roofed dwarven right type homesteads made of uh, stone um but in the distance you can kind of see like these, these sort of very uh, impressive black spires isn't exactly yeah kind of spires sort of sticking out above the roof so you can kind of tell like where the big building okay is um so they they point you towards that okay i knock on one of the barrels and i say we have a very special cask for uh soon to be the great king mudbutt i've been instructed to deliver it to him personally where's king mudbutt Oh, he'll be at the coronation, of course. He'll be there already? Yes, his uh, his father, our great, beloved uh, King Grimebottom's body will be uh, on display, as was the tradition of <laughs> passing the uh, passing the crown. So Mudbutt will be there, along with, you know, the body of his father, the royal family, and, and other notables. Oh, great. Well, see you around. The peasant's eye twitches a bit, and then they say, yes, and walks away. All right, those guys were just as fucking weird as Uncle Jim Jim. So here's a question we can ask Mudbud later, but his dad is a totally different name. Usually the last name carries forward. Grime bottom to Mudbud. I'm fascinated by the lineage. Maybe that's just their first names. So if this is magic everywhere, well, that explains why he couldn't dispel it, Alan. That's Yeah, it's just, it's like in the air. I think it's affecting everyone here. Okay, so we got to get to the coronation. We got to do our delivery. Mm-hmm. And then we got to sneak off and find Mudbud somehow. He's at the mm-hmm. cathedral, so let's head to the cathedral. Uh, it's these cool spire tower things coming up out of the buildings. We just got to weave our way through there. Also, listen, I don't want to be the guy who just sees omens and everything, but giant black spires never make me feel comfortable when going into a church. Hey, well, you know, I mean, wait, he what burnt is down this? his last kingdom. Does, so anybody know what, does anybody know what this is a church of? I, I haven't asked anyone who they worship or anything at a cathedral like this. I can ask the okay, next person we no, run into. No, let's, let's just roll the dice. I just don't want it to be the god of war. I really don't want it to be the <laughs> god of war. Uh, and then I just start like muttering prayers to Moonhammer and walking the horse scared. As you approach, visually living in a bit of a, almost a fortress of solitude kind of architecture where it's sort of the spires aren't like black, scary things. They just, they're, they're carved of a very ornate... Onyx? Yeah, onyx. It's almost like they've carved... They didn't, but the the visual look they were going for was as if they carved the entire cathedral out of one piece of stone. Very angular edges. The building itself, it's very large. You can tell it's a few stories tall. From what you know of dwarven culture, uh, religion isn't sort of a big public thing. You don't really know much about the southern dwarves, but you suspect that a cathedral is less religious and more... It's just a large, impressive building, so they chose to call it Winchester Cathedral. So I'm guessing we got to go around back. It doesn't seem like you do your booze delivery in the front door. Is there anyone at the yeah. front door? Out in front of the front door, there are two very well-dressed dwarves um, who look to kind of be uh, helping people in. Do you want to go check in with them? Let's address them, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'll stay with the cart, looking all smoldering. Right, right. Uh, and let you go chat. Ho there! We've got uh, the rum for the ceremony. Oh, the ceremonial rum. Yes. Our future King Mudbutt will enjoy that. He's going to be a great he's king. He's going to be such a great king. Um, <laughs> it's odd, though, to see a halfling, a, a human, and an elf delivering rum. Uh, Uncle Jim Jim needed an extra hand. He's a little tied up at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Do you mean to say that you beat him up at the moment? <laughs> 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 just one character, <laughs> one character in the realm just like 100% understands. Yeah. Innuendo. Can you roll me a deception check, please? Yeah. Total of nine. You feel very lucky that uh, the person is kind of blankly staring at you because mm-hmm. you suspect if they were any more intelligent, that wouldn't have flown. Okay. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Uncle Jim Jim. Yes, uh, Uncle Jim Jim. Good. Uh, so where should we put the rum? The best place to do the deliveries would be uh, just around the back uh, to the cold cellar. Great. And a special delivery for the soon-to-be, the, the dwarf who would be king, 
Where can we where can we find him to personally deliver? Soon to be King Mudbutt is currently uh, in the central hall uh, upon the throne. Great. And uh, greeting his guests. Awesome. The feast is about to begin. All right. So we'll head around back then and we'll offload the rum. Uh, he's going to be a great king. Oh, he's going to be such a great king. Let's go, everyone. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. His eye starts twitching. They're so creepy, dude. Once we go like around the corner, yeah. I'm going to wave to you guys both and kind of yeah, call yeah. you over. And I'm like, okay, here's our problem. We had this ale plan, which was great if he wasn't sitting on a throne in front of a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to pitch a, a mild tweak. Uh, and we can roll forward as we will. I'm thinking, what if I take off my security outfit? I mean, I know it's great and would never raise any questions. Top notch. But what if I take our gifts and I go in the front as a guest to try to get to Mudbutt? You guys go in the back and sneak in as servants because you're, like, crafty. Like, Quinny can get where he needs to go. Alan, you can okay. try to check out this magic mm-hmm. thing, and I'll be the big, loud distraction, making right. a bit of a scene. Because I can talk about how great he is, because apparently they love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then uh, I can just try he's to... He's going to be a great king, guys. Key phrase around here, okay? Right. I, listen, it sounds like the kind of thing I would be saying to everyone if there weren't a spell. Yeah, if you just throw out your catchphrase of, guys, I really like this blank, you should be fine. Yeah, yeah, perfect. All right, so <laughs> I, I, I not, not to split the party or anything, but, but I'll, that's I'll exactly do that. what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, do you want Goblin Jr. to roll with us or with you as some kind um, of... I think you guys companion. are doing like sneaking and scouting, so I think mm-hmm. it might be smarter to leave him with you, and he can sort of protect Alan if you end up having to split. Okay, you're with us, GJ. All right, so um, I'm like... I'm not going to call him GJ anymore. <laughs> that didn't sound very good. <laughs> I lean over. a good mouthfeel when I said it. I lean over <laughs> and pat him on the head and says, GJ, you do whatever they tell you to do. <laughs> and he goes, snarf, snarf. And I'm like, yeah, look out for Alan. So I'm going to let you guys keep going with the cart. I'll hand the, the reins off to Alan, because cool. Quinny seems to be handling the talking. And, and I'm going to tear off my little security label and my security coat and just throw them in the back of the cart. And then I'm going to walk, walk around to the front in my resplendent armor. Alan, do you have any healing potions on you? I have one healing potion. You have one? Okay, yeah. Cool. Do you have one, Quinny? Uh, I don't think I do. I believe I used mine. I overhear this conversation from a distance. <laughs> I, I run over and give Quinny my healing potion, and then I run back. Hey, thanks, security guy or guy who has No, I am a visiting noble, sir. Excellent. Thank you, sir. I just felt secure around you. <laughs> Praise my name. So you go around the building. Everything's at interesting angles. Um... It's a rather large building uh, that you can certainly hear a lot of commotion from inside. Pe- you see people in the distance. No one's really approaching you. You get around to the back, and um, there appears to be um, sort of a ramp leading down mm. that looks like it will go into uh, a storage area. So at the bottom are uh, a big pair of doors that uh, are currently closed. All right. I guess we should keep up the ruse that we're delivering this stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. I All think right. this is our way in. Okay. So I knock on the door. So you hear kind of, uh, a second, one second. The door opens to reveal a uh, very uh, harried looking uh, chef. So a uh, dwarf in, you know, chef's garb who looks like he's just having a hell of a day rushing around. And he's like, oh, oh, finally you're here. You're delivering the rum, right? That's right. Yeah, we got your rum. They send an elf and a halfling to deliver rum these days? Well, you know, we don't have our great king yet, right? Oh, Mudbutt's not going to be a great king. Come on. He'll be a fun king, but he won't be a great king. What the Come hell? Come on, bring him down here. So he uh, throws open the uh, the doors and kind of like gestures to uh, to bring the barrels down. Hey, what's your name? Uh, Ramsey. Ramsey. I'm Quinny. Uh, Quinny. Uh, this is Alan here. Alan. Hey, how's Pleasure. it going, Ramsey? And the Goblin Junior step forward and goes, snarf, snarf. Oh, uh, snarf for snarf. Yeah, I, I speak wolf. It's a, it's a talent of mine. Uh, Who the hell is this guy? Well, actually, I don't. I just said, I, I just mirrored what he said. Okay. It seemed to work. It's, well, uh, it works in most countries I've traveled to. Anyway, come on, come on. There's no time. My butt's going to be thirsty. Hey, uh, are you uh, a full, like you live in this town? In this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I lived in uh, lived in Winchester most of my life. Yeah. Have you noticed anything kind of different with uh, the locals? 
well, I, I don't really, um, and uh, his eye starts to twitch a little bit. Oh, come on. Just, uh, no, uh, no, no, I uh, haven't noticed anything. We're just all, uh, we're all just happy. And he kind of looks confused, but shakes it off. And like, you can kind of hear like some things starting to like, there's like bubbling and stuff from the kitchen. Yeah. He's kind of interested in getting these barrels down, but also fully aware that he has to go. Goblin uh, Jr. like stuff. nudges Alan's hip and it's like, snurf, snurf. <laughs> I thought we had something there with that guy, Ramsey. So uh, you guys are loading barrels down into the cold cellar? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he's busy, we can also kind of start to look around too, right? He's going to be preoccupied well, he's, with he's cooking. Good, and- he's kind of overseeing you, but also like occasionally he'll be like, oh, i got to go stir the pot. You're in a uh, sort of a large cellar space. Uh, there are a bunch of casks pushed up against one wall. There are some empty barrels, some full barrels kind of sitting around. In the uh, center of the room, um, there is a drainage grate. We unload the barrels. Yep. We've got our empty barrel still, which... Still has, I think, the intention of potentially whisking away mud butt inside of. Mm-hmm. Um, let's set that aside, separate from everything else. Right. I think I'm even going to ca- take out my dagger and just kind of carve an X into it. Okay. Just so I know that one is empty. So Ramsey pops yeah. his head back out and he's like, uh, hey, you lot done carrying all those barrels? Almost. Okay, good. Uh, listen, I know this is a little unconventional, but uh, either you have any uh, any skill in a kitchen? We've baked a cake or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, as you know... Uh, Mudbutt's got quite an appetite. Uh, we got to keep them full for the night. So uh, if you've got the time, uh, I'd be happy to pay you to uh, help me out a little bit up here. I could really use another couple sets of hands. They left me down here all on my own. Yeah, we got the time if you got the coin. We'll have to check Mudbutt for, for the coin. But, uh, you know, he's pretty free with the cash once he gets boozing. So that should be all right. Yeah, he's going to be a fun king. He's going to be a fun <laughs> king. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to be a disaster, but should be a fun one. Why, why do you think he's going to be a disaster, well, by the way? Do you know Mudbutt? I, I know have, you're, you're, I mean, both of you look like you're, you're foreigners, so I don't know if you know. Uh, I've heard of him. You heard of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've known him since he was a child, and the guy's a terror, but the best kind of terror. He's got a good heart. I mean, everyone in the royal family has to, uh, at some point, go on their, their quest to obtain their Richard, but, uh, you know, uh, Mudbutt really, he bonded really well with his. It's a real, it's a real good thing to see. Uh, I'm really proud of him, and I'm really glad he's back. And then his, his eye kind of twitches a little bit, and he says, but... Wait, what was I saying? You were talking about how you and him go way back. Oh, we go way back. Proud way of him. And- yep. No, he's uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be a good person to have around these days, particularly since Grime Bottom and his eye twitches a little bit. Uh, yeah, we need to get cooking. Then he goes back in and starts doing a pot. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so Goblin Jr. looks at Quinny and then looks at Alan and then gestures towards the door leading further into the castle. And slinks a little bit that way, and then turns back and just looks at you guys. Yeah, hang on snarf, a second. Snarf. Goblin Jr., maybe we can come out with some food trays or something. Snarf. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so I run into the kitchen. Are you on board with all this, Alan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So essentially, Chef Ramsay's going to put you to work. <laughs> yes, Chef. There it is. <laughs> you <What>? fucking donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> You're in the kitchen space. Uh, as you can see on the north wall of the kitchen, um, next to the stairs you just came through, there's a uh, fountain that seems to be kind of where the, the fresh water comes from. You get the, the sense that it's uh, it's connected through some kind of uh, dwarven witchcraft to the uh, water that's flowing downstairs. Against the east wall, um, there's a sort of large cooking, cooking and prep table. Uh, against the west wall, there's a prep table. In the center, there's just kind of a large all-purpose uh, kitchen island with a bunch of cutting boards, that sort of thing. At the south end of the room, um, there is a large fire going uh, with a chimney. Uh, you can see there's a, a sort of a bunch of meats being cooked as well as a nice big pot of something that's uh, boiling and bubbling happily. Uh, there's also a door to a cold storage that has a, a lot of the ingredients in the northwest corner. 
At the southwest corner uh, of the room, there is um, a door that seems to lead further into the cathedral. Is anyone else in this kitchen besides Ramsey? No, it's just Ramsey. He's running around like a lunatic. How can we help, Chef Ramsey? Ramsey gives you uh, a couple tasks. Can you roll me a dexterity check, Quinny? Ooh, that's a one, but I'm lucky, so I'll roll again. Yep. That's a two, so <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Uh, just straight dexterity? Give me sleight of hand. So that two turns into a nine. So basically you're set to uh, to the prep station to mm-hmm. just like chop things as fast oh, as you so can. So cut my hand off, cool. Um, but you're not doing ow, so ow, great. Ow, ow. Right. Uh, Chef Ramsey seems not overly pleased, but uh, also is understanding that you're like yeah. hired help that was right. just like the sound of the knife barrels. hitting like, the board of like, ow, 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 ow. This cake tastes like pennies. <laughs> Alan, given that uh, you've mixed potions, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, I think you offer to kind of help prep various uh, ingredients that might be harder to notice. So Quinny's like, here's this task you can do with uh, you. He's like, uh, he sort of points to cold storage and basically just needs to grab a bunch of different ingredients for him for the next okay. thing. So can you please roll me a medicine check? Sure. Eight total. Hey, we're both doing great. So even though um, there are certain herbs that you can identify very easily for potions, none of those are used for cooking <laughs> unless you're having a, uh, a difficult time with it. Uh, again, Ramsey seems uh, gently frustrated, but um, also aware that this was a spot okay. of luck. So Goblin Jr. looks up at Chef Ramsey and goes, Snarf? He says, okay, fine. Watch the soup. Make sure it doesn't boil over. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> and he goes and finds the cutest way to sit while watching the soup. <laughs> Does he have a chef hat? Yeah, he puts it on on the top of his armor. Like, he finds one on a counter and pulls it over with his teeth and makes it fall on his head. (laughs) And then, uh, so he does that, and Chef Ramsay's like, oh, you. Uh, And then he notices the uh, Worcester sauce bottles hanging from uh, Goblin Jr. He says, oh, uh... Oh, sauce. Uh, yeah, we've got one a bottle of those on uh, on every table. But if we run out, it's good to know that you brought extra. That's some good thinking, dog. Hey. Snarf, snarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, is there anything ready to be served right now, Chef Ramsey? I- I'm thinking we're not doing too well with the prep. Maybe we'd be better bringing out the food that you've prepped and coming back and forth. Oh, uh, yep. That sounds reasonable to me. It'll take us a few minutes to get everything ready, but uh, yeah. then you can start uh, taking just some of the, the sort of starters out. Uh, let's smash cut upstairs. So, Butthole, you are approaching the uh, the Citadel entrance. The two uh, well-dressed dwarves who uh, these guys encountered earlier, uh, one of them stops you and says, uh, pardon me, sir, uh, do you have an invitation? Uh, invitation? I've known Mudbutt forever. He's going to be a great king, am I right, he guys? He is going to be a great king. Listen, I'm a visiting dignitary from the, the city of Fandelver, where I've got some great land. I've been adventuring with Mudbutt before, and look at this mug. And I take out the Electrum mug. I'm like, I brought this for him. Like, I'm here to make, make some gifts, make some friends. He's going to be a great king, right? Oh, he's going to be a great king. Well, I... I think my love for him is sort of an invitation. You know, it's an open kingdom. He's got an open heart. Uh, well, certainly, sir, but um, you will need to leave your weapon with us. There are no weapons allowed. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh... This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. 
Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dom Doms and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. <laughs> you hit like a philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>